What's going on, everybody? Thanks for checking out this episode of The Show, The Podcast. Be sure to leave a five-star review, and I'll shout you out in the next episode. Do you want even more content? Go ahead and follow me on Twitter at KDJTV611, or follow me on Twitch, subscribe to me on YouTube. The handles are the same. It's KDJTV. But without further ado, I know why you guys are here. Let's go play some ball. Yo, what is going on, boys and girls? Welcome back to the show, the podcast. Thank you guys so much for being here again on another Tuesday, uh, June 15th. If you need me to remind you of what the date is. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed, as much as I did, last week's episode with Nutsy Poo. He is, uh, like, I, like I said in the episode, I wasn't lying, he's a great guy. He, is, uh, he was a lot of fun to talk to. And I think he gave some great advice. We had a lot of fun talking about the do's and don'ts of Emily the Show. Uh, we talked a little bit about the TikTok, which we're going to talk about later on in the show uh, as well. But I, I don't see any reason why we don't just hop right on in to what is occurring in MLB the Show this week. First things first. First things first, as I slap my microphone away. So you might have heard my sound wander off there. It's back, though. Uh, we're going to look at the new content calendar, of which it hasn't updated yet. <laughs> Great. Sheesh. So, uh, right now, the only new thing remaining, June 15th, when you're listening to this, there will be a new event today. Build a team of right-handed hitters and left-handed pitchers for new rewards. Hopefully the rewards are better than the live series event, which I completed because I hoped to get lucky with packs, and I didn't pull shit. But, either way, there will be a lot of nukes hitting this event. So, you're going to have to be patient. Don't quit out of games too early. You can hit your way right back into it, I promise. Um, But I would imagine after the event drops tomorrow, the calendar will actually update. And that's when we'll learn more about... I mean, I think we'll we'll probably have a new third-inning conquest come pretty soon. We'll probably have a third-inning showdown come pretty soon. Maybe even another third-inning mini-collection like breakouts or veterans or, you know, something to that effect. Gaining XP is pretty easy this year to complete the programs, the inning programs. But it's about this time, about two or so weeks into the program, that SDS has dropped new stuff just to help people along the way. Uh, that also gives you the opportunity to make some stubbies while you're at it. So so that will happen. Uh, but the big stuff dropped yesterday, a.k.a. today, the day I'm recording it, June 14th. Uh, new... World Series Ranked Seasons Legends. So let's hop right on in. If if you haven't seen, it's Vita Blue and new legend David Justice. Um, If I could complain really quickly, I I think, first of all, both of these are a major win, so not complaining about that. My complaint is that I kind of... Why are we releasing new legends without, like, giving us silvers and golds of them first? I want them in BR. I don't want to just go straight to the 98 overall. But, you know, here nor there. Not my call. So first we'll talk about Vita Blue. This is a milestone no-hitter card from September 21st, 1970. Vita Blue, of course, is a lefty with a big old leg kick. Fun fun fact, he's also a switch hitter, but he doesn't really have hitting stats. So, you know, use that as, as you'd like. But we have five pitches, 
Four seam, curveball, changeup, slider, two seamer. Now his stamina is 111, which is phenomenal. Hits per nine is 123, which is frightening because that's going to make your PCI incredibly small. Uh, Ks per nine, 101. Walks per nine, 73. Control, 81. He's going to be hard to use, even with pinpoint. Uh, But he has 95 velo, which of course you get to 99 when you parallel him up. He's got 99 break. And if you care about his fielding, it's a 75. Whoopity-do. Um, he, I, I can't hit Vita Blue. I never could. Doesn't matter if it's the silver, the, the diamond, the, the ruby, the sapphire, I, the emerald. We just named Generation 3 of Pokemon. But I can't hit it. I cannot hit Vita Blue. I also cannot pitch with him. So I will not be picking him. For a variety of reasons. Number one, like I just said, can't pitch with him. Number two... There are so many good lefties in the game right now. Let me back out before we talk about David Justice, and I'll tell you who I'm pitching with right now. My rotation is Tom Glavin, who I have super fractured, so he's basically a 99. Al Leiter, who I have parallel to, so that means he's a 99. Cliff Lee, parallel to, which is a 98. And then I have Corbin Burns and Edward Cabrera because they're still pretty gross. Now, other options you could have here. Roy Oswalt, sure. Jake DeGrom, sure. Quinn Priester, see a lot of people use him. Uh, Garrett Crochet. Shane McClanahan, not the worst. So, you could feasibly, right now, have a rotation of Glavin, Leiter, Cliff Lee, Garrett Crochet, and, I don't know, Frank Tananana, if you want to be weird, you could have an all-lefty rotation already. Vita Blue, while he is the first 99 that's being dropped that is not a giant collection, I don't think you need him. I don't think he moves the needle. Is he going to be very good? I am sure. But I think I'd rather, if I make World Series again or get the 40 wins in the season to get the pack and make my choice... I'm going to take David Justice, because right now, personally speaking, as someone who has completed live series collections and is up to date on all of the content, I am struggling to fill my third outfielder's role. I have Byron Buck, excuse me, Byron Buxton, super fractured parallel five in center field. He's a 98 overall. He is incredible. He is so good. Mike Trout, super fractured in right field. He's the best card in the game. He's a live series card. He's not going anywhere. But now in left field, for lineup balance, I'm using Steve Finley. Gives me the lefty bat. I don't love him. I do like that he combines some speed with decent fielding and good power. But he's just he hasn't been my favorite. Alfonso Soriano is a left fielder, but I struggle with his swing on higher difficulties. It's very hard to hit the inside pitch. Some people are rolling Dante Bichette out there. I prefer Bichette as my pinch hitter off the bench with a lefty on the mound. You know, other options here. You could be using... Um, I'm going to try to do this the right way. You could be using Tory Hunter. A lot of people like his swing. I am personally not in love with him. You might be able to roll Bellinger out there, Ronald Acuna out there, but, you know, he'll live and die by the inside edge. In my opinion, the best outfield right now after today's content drop, is Buxton in center, 
Trout in left, and David Justice in... Uh, sorry, Trout in right, and David Justice in left field. And here's why. Building suspense now, because I have to get to the screen to look at David Justice. All right, David Justice. A 98 overall Silver Slugger Awards card based on his 1997 season. When he was 31, if that matters. This man's rakes against both sides. Okay, he's a lefty bat. So, like I was saying for Steve Finley, a little lineup balance. He will provide that same lineup balance. Against righties, 115 contact, 101 power. Both incredible numbers. Against lefties, 110 contact, 113 power. I don't know if I'd quite call it reverse splits, but they are essentially even. I mean, he has more power against lefty, more contacts against righty, but they're all neither here nor there. Like, it doesn't make a difference here. Uh, everything is so balanced. 94 vision is good for your outer PCI. Um, 125 clutch, I don't know if that actually makes a difference, but he's got it. 70 fielding, usable. You get him to parallel 5, you got yourself a silver shield. Arm, 75. In left field, it's usable. It gets up to an 80. His reaction is a very nice 69. A little low, but not quite like feet stuck in cement in the field slow. So, you can live with that. His speed, you're not using him to steal bases. His speed is a 53. It's definitely on the lower side, but it's also not like guaranteed double play if you hit it soft in the infield slow. You know, he'll be playable. And with Buxton in center field, for a lot of people, or even Trout in center field, Buxton's clearly better, but even Trout in center field, how much do you really need your left fielder to do? I think you just need him to play the line. Like, Buxton's going to get everything in the gap. When balls are in the gap and you have the option of which outfielder to pick it up, just pick it up with Buxton. He's got a better arm and better speed anyway. He'll probably be there first. So David Justice, to me, in my opinion, without a shred of doubt, is the unquestioned pick for the new World Series, or new rank season, whatever you want to call it. This is just one humble idiot's opinion, and I am both of those things, humble and an idiot. So if you feel as if Vita Blue's your dude, if you're like Kevin Geodude, <laughs> Geodude, if you're like, second Pokemon reference today, if you're like Kevin G.O.D. and you want to roll the limousine up for Vita Blue, go ahead. And I hope you do not pitch Vita Blue against me, because I will lose the game and strike out 27 times. But that's just me. I've seen a lot of people rock Vita Blue. He's very predictable. Sure, his funky windup is going to be a little weird. Sure, his fastball is going to go like 98 to 99 to 100. But he throws none of the meta pitches. You know, four-seamer you can argue is meta. The two-seamer is kind of like a sinker, but not really. Doesn't have a cutter, doesn't have a screwball, a fork. He's got very predictable moving pitches, ones that you could pick up out of the hand. Nothing here is going to surprise you, in my opinion. I will still suck against him. I'm not trying to explain why I can't hit Vita Blue, I just know I can't do it. That said, better players than I have no problem hitting him. David Justice, on the other hand, is going to rake against both-handed pitching. 
pitchers with no hands. He's going to rake against them too. It does not matter. So I'm taking David Justice when I get there, if I get there. I hope I get there because I really want this card. And this is the type of card, too, like I would save up the stubs to buy if I absolutely had to. That's how good he is. Um, This is the type of World Series reward. Like the last one was Kyle Seeger that I took. He was kind of phased out in a lot of lineups even by the time he came out. David Justice is not. Vita Blue is not either. But David Justice is the better one. If you're talking about pennant race packs at 500 in ranked seasons, we're still not at the point where the cards are usable. Uh, 91 overall starting pitcher Mike Scott. Meh. He's batting practice. You know, he's got good break on his pitches. Not even great control, terrible velo. His primary is a splitter. Splitter four-seam slider curveball. You know, the 99 they released of him last year was dog water too. So this is, you know, you just take these to fill out your collection. Uh, you should be buying both of them. You should be buying Mike Scott and then uh, Will Clark, or buying the one that you don't pick from the pack. You know what I mean. Will Clark, 89 overall, second half. 108 contact right, 78 power right. He's useless otherwise. Um, some people like his swing. I personally don't care for it much. They will likely drop a 97, 98, or 99 of him down the line. Same with Mike Scott. These are just useless. You know, last last uh, season's pennant race pack did have that 87 Wade Davis. Kind of usable. You know, not a terrible card. Not a great one, but definitely not terrible, especially in the bullpen. A lot of people struggle to hit Wade Davis with that cutter because his uh, delivery is a little funky. And honestly, the Tom Murphy they had in the last one, too, was really good against lefties. So last uh, last season's pennant race pack was good. This one's this one's poopy. This one this was not as good. Uh, what else do I have on my handy-dandy list here? Going back to Vita Blue and the and the content and the starting pitching kind of like I don't know what you'd call it landscape right now. Uh, there are so many lefty pitchers, which I mentioned before. We're not going to list the names again, but I think that does mean people have to start being a little more strategic about their lineups. So right now, we'll go back to my lineup. I do like having the lefty balance, but it's not 100% necessary this year. I like to keep it for when the bullpens start happening. However, you know, you could really get by right now with David Ortiz being your only lefty in your lineup. You put you put Soriano back in the field. You put, you know, um, actually my only two lefty bats are David Ortiz and Steve Finley. I have a bunch of switchies. So... You have to stack your lineup with guys who can hit lefties this year. You can't get away with, you know, low contact or power versus them. You have to, have to, have to, at least right now, load it up with dudes who can hit lefties. It's the meta right now. And it's probably because there were so few good, usable lefty pitchers last year in MLB 20. They're just stacking the deck hot right from the start. You know, we had a good Tom Glavin last year. Not a lot of people used it. Had an outlier from Team Affinity 2 last year. Kind of got phased out. Cliff Lee was not good last year. He just wasn't a good card. Um, Frank Tanana, new legend. He kind of sucks. We can disregard him. Garrett Crochet, he was a lefty reliever, which I still wish he was. I truthfully still wish he was because I love that love that card. Shane McClanahan, new new player to the game or new uh, new prospect or future star, whatever the heck he is. Um, we can, I said I wasn't going to go down the list, but I'm going to go like all the way down. Like Wade Miley tops now. Lower difficulties, you might see that card. He throws a cutter. Uh, Rich Hill tops now. I don't advise using him, but he throws a cutter. 
Uh, Warren Spahn, don't use him. We fight if you use Warren Spahn. Uh, John Lester came from whatever he came from. Um, I think he came from Team Affinity. He's got a cutter and a sinker. You'll see him on lower difficulties. Madison Bumgarner, pretty good. Jesus Luzardo, 42 series, he's good. Patrick Corbin, Chris Sale, Carlos Rodon tops now. Lefty Grove, I'm, st- I'm still talking diamonds. These are all diamonds. Clayton Kershaw, David Price, Jay Happ. There are so many diamond usable lefty pitchers this year. Your lineup needs to be prepared for it. At the very least, you need to have boppers on your bench who can handle it. So I have Soriano, Ernie Banks, and Dante Bichette on my bench because they can all kill lefties. Then against righties, I have Lou Gehrig and Jim Tomei. Um, you just you, you know your bench should always be pretty versatile, but especially this year, you need to have guys who can hit lefties. Otherwise, you're at an inherent loss. You know you just are. It's the way it is. I'd say the weakest guy in my lineup right now against lefties is Ronnie Mauricio because I haven't really started paralleling him too much yet. But he's a switch hitter, so at the very least, I get that platoon advantage there. Um, and, I mean, he's got a sweet swing at shortstop, just just my humble opinion. Um, so, all that's to say that Dave Justice, even though he's a lefty swing, I'm still very comfortable taking him because of his splits, because he can hit. He's. I'm saying he's similar to a David Ortiz in that David Ortiz is much better against righties with almost maxed out contact and maxed out power, but he can hit lefties almost as well. David Justice is even more balanced, less fantastic against righties, still very good, but less incredible, but still exceptionally balanced. So balanced hitter, sign me up. I'm taking David Justice without a second thought, but otherwise be prepared to stack your lineup with right-handed bats that crush lefties or switch hitting bats. You know, I personally hit better with lefties, so this has been an adjustment season for me. I've had to learn how to hit righties. I've had to learn how to hit inside sinkers, up and in fastballs. I've gotten better. Just be prepared for that. That's all I'm saying. Um, So quickly, let's uh, take a break here. Hear a word from our sponsors, and then we'll talk about uh, a couple more things. First up, Thrive Fantasy, our longest-running sponsor, Friends of the Show. Thrive Fantasy has eliminated the need to do countless hours of research like other DFS apps because this daily fantasy sports app is based around player props and only asks you about the top-tier athletes in a respective sport. To play MLB games on Thrive Fantasy, choose five out of the ten player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on how likely it is to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points possible and you could win a share of the prize pool. If you're looking to play games... And make money. During the MLB season, use promo code the show the pod. It's promo code the show the pod. When you sign up for Thrive Fantasy and you'll receive an instant $20 bonus on your very first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by going online to www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Next, Dugout Creative. Dugout Creative is taking over the MLB The Show content creator community and I'm all about it. Started with just Daddy Dimu getting on there, and Dimu has since like, has been successful enough for Dugout Creative as a brand that they've branched out to Scuffy, Graceful Swan, uh, Ansel Armstrong. I'm probably forgetting others. Many people are now involved with Dugout Creative. And if you'd like their merch, you can use my promo code. Promo code, coupon code, discount code, whatever you want to call it. 
KDJTV. Use KDJTV at, te- at checkout. You get 15% off your entire order. That's right. KDJTV at checkout gets you 15% off your entire order at dugoutcreative.com. My motto is support people doing cool shit. Dugout Creative's doing some cool shit, and the content creator's doing some cool stuff. And uh, use my promo code to get a discount. So KDJTV at checkout, 15% off, dugoutcreative.com. All right, boys and girls, we're going to wrap up the show with this last half here. We're going to talk about two things as I clear my throat. First of which, we have a live series fantasy league update. So let's go back out to this custom league so we can be accurate here. Um, I beat the white whale who I cannot beat. Everyone's got their white whale or white buffalo or whatever you call it. It just means like your outlier, like your 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 goal that you strive for and you always get close to, but you never get it. But then you finally do get it. And I did. Slice one is incredible. The dude rakes. You can't throw a pitch by him. He had beaten me the first two times. I finally beat him in our third outing. It took 11 innings, and it took a Jared Walsh lefty-lefty walk-off two-run single, but your boy got it. So while our records are the same, we're both 13-2 and two and technically tied for first, he has the head-to-head. So our next meeting, very important. Actually, assuming chalk goes the rest of the way, in our next meeting, it would be for the outright league lead. Um, but you never know in this league. Everyone, everyone's a good player. Everyone's a good player. Filthy Rich has been dotting me up. Batflips has been dotting me up. Shane, you cannot make a mistake to. Because anything that you pitch to him down the middle is absolutely cracked. He does not miss. Uh, and then Tampa has even been hitting better, and he scored a few runs against me last time. So everybody in this league is competitive, and that's why I like this league. But the update I wanted to give is we had our uh, supplemental, 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 supplementary draft. Whatever the word is, we had another draft. Uh, every manager got to draft five more live series players from the player pool who were not taken before. And we did it right after the roster update. So we knew who the new diamonds were. It worked out nicely. So I drafted Yuli Gurriel. Didn't plan on drafting Yuli Gurriel, but he's a new diamond. And Alex Bregman, my normal third baseman, just got downgraded to gold. So it just worked out nicely that way. Yuli Gurriel's secondary is third. His fielding is trash, but he can hit. So we'll leave him there. Um... I also drafted Ryan McMahon. He went undrafted in the first uh, official draft. And this dude is going to go gold at some point. He's a 78 right now, and he's got a sweet swing. That's what I tried to build my team around, sweet swings. Um, Having said that, new bench bat, J.D. Martinez. He might even split time with Nelson Cruz at DH. I've not truly decided yet because this league does have a DH. Um, But J.D. Martinez went undrafted last time because he started as a silver. So stoked to have him on the bench. Other two upgrades made. Um, I drafted Zach Britton because I needed a third lefty. Love Zach Britton. Power sinker. Good slider. No-brainer pick to me. And I drafted Kenley Jansen to replace Jordan Hicks. Um, You know, I still have Jordan Hicks as part of my available player pool, but Kenley Jansen is clearly an upgrade. I like the cutter. He's been pitching well. Something about Kenley Jansen cards, even this gold, it's pretty good. You know, it's not bad. It's got 109 hits per nine, and it's got inside edge. So it, it's a good card. Um, one other draft day deal. I have Tyler, or I had, excuse me, Tyler Glass now, who had just gone up to Diamond. Uh, 
So Tampa Gaming drafted Lance Lynn, and I immediately traded Tyler Glass now for Lance Lynn. Both were 85 overalls, very fair trade. He's a Rays fan. It made sense for him to get um, Glass now, and I got a guy who's got a cutter and a sinker. So I'm very happy with that trade. Let's just go over the squad now because there have been some other moves made. Uh, I also traded Denelson Lamette, who just was not a starter for me. He didn't crack my rotation for Jake Cronenworth. Decent bench bat as a lefty. He was going to be my starting second baseman. Then I drafted McMahon. So the lineup now. You mentioned sweet swings. I think I got all the glitchy ones. Leading off during most games is Byron Buxton. And again, these are all live series cards. Left field, Juan Soto. DH, Nelson Cruz. Or J.D. Martinez. Either one will fit in this spot. Right in between two lefties in Soto and my four batter, Cody Bellinger, who I think is the MVP of the league so far because he's got like 12 home runs in 15 games. Yuli Gurriel is the third baseman, hitting fifth, batting sixth. This guy is on Diamond Watch. We have Jared Walsh. Jared Walsh was my dark horse pick, started the year as a silver. He is now an 84 and hitting the cover off of everything. Trey Turner is my shortstop, hitting seventh. You could make a case to flip him in Buxton. I just have Buxton leading off for now. I, it doesn't matter to me either way. And then hitting eighth is Ryan McMahon because what an eight hitter that is. On the bench right now, as it's currently constructed, D.D. Gregorius, Jake Cronenworth, J.D. Martinez, and Alex Bregman. Players available to me include Dwight's, uh, Dwight Smith, Dom Smith, excuse me, Dom Smith, uh, Glaber Torres, Yoan Moncada, who was also on Gold Watch, and Clint Frazier, uh, as well as Austin Nola. Austin Nola provided a backup catcher for me. Uh, Gary Sanchez is my nine hitter and my catcher. I love Gary Sanchez and he might go back up to silver when they update again, but I full well recognize he's a little slow. Might need to pinch run. I'm not carrying the backup catcher right now. I'm just not. I, I, I like the way my bench is currently constructed. Um, but down the line, Austin Nola could make this roster. He also has positional flexibility at second, the outfield. I think he might have third plays almost everywhere. And the pitching staff. We have an all-diamond rotation. Trevor Bauer, Justin Verlander, Chris Sale, Lance Lynn, Garrett Cole. The bullpen, three lefties, Zach Britton, Brad Hand, Andrew Miller. Three golds, Kenley Jansen, Roberto Osuna, Devin Williams. Big sad that he went down from diamond, um, but he's been pitching bad. So it is what it is. Still a good pitch mix. Um, it is what it is. And his control just kind of poopy. And then two diamonds, Kirby Yates, who I rarely use because he's very hittable, and Liam Hendricks, who I'm kind of trying to figure out. So that's a live series team. Uh, we might have a game with Chris, a.k.a. Batflip Gaming, after I record this podcast, so my record could change by the morning. Um, I actually think we're playing in, uh, just check my messages, 35 minutes. Um, so that's fine. I won't be re- recording for 35 more minutes. Don't worry about that. Um, so it could be 14 and two by the morning, could be 13 and three. We don't know yet. I also don't know who I'm going to pitch yet. So we'll have to figure that out. Last update I want to give before I let y'all go about your Tuesdays and enjoy the new event. I am on the TikTok. Talked about that with Nutsy Poo. It was a big, big chunk of our discussion because I'm so interested in how this all works as a means of self-promotion. Uh, Nutsy if he's not number one in the community, he's number two or three. Like, Graceful Swan, I know, kind of has a stranglehold on the MLB The Show TikTok game. Nutsy's right up there. And I figured, who better to, to pick their brain than him? So he gave me some, some great tips, some helpful advice. Obviously, I'm still trying to find my own niche. 
on TikTok. I don't want to do what everybody else is doing. You know, Nutsy really gets a lot of his following and, and his um, recognition and praise on TikTok for his tips and tricks and his hitting advice and things like that. I don't want to impede on what anybody else is doing. Not that I'm going to steal traffic away from Nutsy. Like, he's got the established audience. That's not what I'm saying. But why would you go to me for that stuff when you can go to him? Right? So I'm trying to find my niche. I really like, I, I try to be kind of corny funny. That's kind of my thing. Just in case you guys can't fucking tell already. Um, so I've been trying to make some comedic TikToks. Uh, recently made one about Joe West's ass and how you see it on the Daily Moment screen all the time. Bit of inspiration from Dimu on that, obviously. Um, but we're just trying to have fun. I think that's the point of Tiki Talk. Uh, that's what I call it, Tiki Talk. Um, I try to have fun with it. In my opinion, it's a good time. 15 whole followers, so come follow your boy. It's at KDJTV611. It's the same as my Twitter handle, but on TikTok. I also do post links to every single uh, post that I upload. So it'll always, you know, Twitter's, Twitter's the place to be for me. KDJTV611. I post when I'm going live. I post YouTube videos. I post my TikToks. I post all my things there. Um, but what Nutsy said really, really stuck with me. You know, TikTok is how he grew. He became a Twitch partner last week. And six months ago, he wasn't even close. You know, obviously, people like him. He's a really good guy. So that helps. That'll always help in building a following if you're a good person. And if people like you, if they want to come back. And if you're listening and, and you come into my streams when I go live, and every week it seems like you're there, trust me, I take notice and I appreciate that thoroughly. You know, the fact that you guys want to listen to me talk for 30 to 45 minutes every week and, and then watch me play like shit in a stream that same week means a lot to me. Um, so I appreciate that. But, you know, Nutsy's got people, a couple hundred sometimes, coming in to see him every week. And that, that type of change in his streaming only happened or predominantly happened because of TikTok growth. So I'm using that to get my name out there. Uh, I plug my Twitch and Twitter at the end of every TikTok video uh, with a little graphic I made. So I would thoroughly appreciate it. You guys already do so much for me. You follow me in so many places, but follow me on TikTok too. We'll have some fun. Uh, that's where I think I can let a lot of personality out and it also helps I can practice some of my editing skills. You know, editing a whole YouTube video can be a little daunting, but editing a 60 seconds or less TikTok, sure, you have to, you know, make it count. But at the same time, it, it's much less of a amount of time to edit. You know, like, you're not trying to half-ass anything, but at the same time, you're only focusing on 45 seconds as opposed to 18 minutes, whatever YouTube video is. Um and I think if, if you can if you can edit TikToks to the point where they're watchable, funny, and, and quick-moving, then uh, you can expand that to editing other types of content as well. So, boys and girls, that is it for this week's episode of the show, the podcast. I will be live Tuesday night, the, the day you're listening to this podcast. I will be live Tuesday night on the Twitch, twitch.tv slash kdjtv. I will be live at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. I don't think I'm going to play Ranked Seasons just yet. I like to give Ranked Seasons about a week before I hopped in or hop in to a new season so people can kind of like level out where their ratings are supposed to be. Um, I don't want to play a Legend player in my 700 rating game, you know? So I'm going to let that balance out. I mean, we have a new event tomorrow. We'll just hop in there and start hitting some nukes. We'll have some fun. Uh, I think that'll be a nice light stream, a lot of you know room for conversation. We'll have a good time. So like I said, that is it. I appreciate you all for being here. Come stop by Twitch tomorrow. Follow me on the Tiki Talk machine. 
and good luck on your ranked seasons grinds. I appreciate every single one of you, and I will talk to you all next week.